Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coleman, sitting once again in Snake and Jake's Christmas Club Lounge, the heart of the Clempire, with my co-host, the original you troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, am I Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, man. Just sorry about that. Seems like you're coming in on my end a little staticky. I don't know. I think, I uh, know. I think I'm all, all clear over here. Okay. Yeah, now I'm hearing you. Yeah. You were kind of coming static. Yeah. I don't... Is it my mic? I don't know. Is this what the trouble is with Troubled Band? <laughs> every every day. Uh, every I, day. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Now you seem to be coming in okay, but I was hearing some kind of... Uh, yeah, well, static. Don't don't uh, don't play with the with the cord. Well, all right. Well, I'm just. You want me to start over? No, no. We can we can go on. This Why is great it? content. Yeah, yeah, this is good stuff. <sighs> yeah, professional show as right, always. Right, 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 right. So here we are, Manny. Yes, here we are again, at one of the dirtiest places on earth. Well, it's uh, they you call know. it a dive bar, right? Yeah, it's, uh, you know. it's, uh, it's what it's, what it's all about over here. The clientele, yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of a, a last stop, yeah, last stop on the. So what's been going on with you, man? Oh, you know, uh, trying to laugh to keep from crying, Manny. So I'm afraid if I if I start crying, I won't be able to stop. Oh, but what's, uh, what's bringing you down? Oh, uh, you know, oh, uh, you know the uh, uh, ramp up to World War Three. Uh, you know. Oh yeah. But you know, uh, you know we. Uh, I don't feel like this is the place for all that. So because uh, you know, there's plenty. If you if you want to see that all that heartbreak, uh, turn on the news. Uh, this is uh, supposed to be a respite from uh, that. you know how I feel about that. For me, anyway. I've already told you that before. Right, 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 right. So you so know. anyway, so uh, let's uh, talk about our our mundane concerns. So uh, I guess catching up, I had a, a good weekend. The, the weather is, is beautiful at times, like during the daytime when the sun is shining. It's, it's very nice. I had a couple of gigs on Saturday, a beautiful day out there at the, the Blues and Barbecue Festival at oh. Lafayette Square with oh. uh, former guest John Mooney. John Mooney. Haunted second line slide guitar player John Mooney's yeah. uh, fantastic. And then uh, finished up the day over at the Kingpin. Uh, 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 business of our former guest Steve Watson there with the iguanas oh. uh, playing playing you out played there. Played the kingpin. Played the kingpin. You yeah, know they have these they have <laughs> these matinees on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. They play you play out front and all the people come and gather on the neutral ground there on Lion Street. Yeah. It's uh, the cars drive by. Uh, and there's stuff not like a lot that. of traffic on that street. So yeah. uh, but uh, and so that a lot of families come out. Uh, it's it's a free show outside. So fun fun time. So we were out there. But few, you didn't play for free. You got paid. Right? We got paid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but well, it's a free show. It's a free show for people to attend. Okay. So, and the weather was beautiful. Now it seems like now I was out of town for uh, one weekend. There, I went to Texas. It seems like that might have been the weekend where the weather was just like mild, where it felt kind of room temperature because. Every day I get up, it's freezing in my house. I don't know. Do you, do you have a you have a similar house to mine? It's like a raised double kind of wood frame construction. Well, Is you, just put the heater on if you're cold. Well, I mean, you, <laughs> it's warm outside. You don't feel like you'd need to put the heater on yet, you know. But uh, my house. I don't know. I find it very peculiar. It's like you know the the weather went down to like sixty degrees, and I I go to the supermarket. And everyone's wearing like down jackets. Well, like it's yeah. like in the thirties or forties. It's like, give me a break, man. I mean, it's 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 comfortable right now. Right, I mean, right. You guys are wearing 
long sleeves and stuff like that. Well, it's I like, got dressed at my house because yeah. it's still cold inside of my house. Now, my house seems to uh, retain whatever the coldest temperature of the night was. That's how cold it stays all day long during the wintertime. Now, I wish it worked that way in the summertime, but it doesn't seem to do that. I don't know. But, I don't know uh, what to tell you about that. It's a bone-chilling kind yeah, of yeah, cold it, here. It drops 20 degrees, and people are wearing... I think it's Chicago in, in December, you know, with the lake. Right, right, right. Know. Well, it's the opposite. Like, in Chicago, it gets up to, like, 40 degrees, and you see people walking around in T-shirts and shorts. Yeah. You know, well. so... I guess it's uh, the fact that we're... Uh, acclimated to this, these high temperatures. It's also the high humidity that even even in the winter time or even in cold weather, the the high humidity here is more bone chilling than if you were somewhere, you know, where it's uh, drier in the winter. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, enough right. of that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the weather changes, and you know, uh, you don't need to watch the news to see that. Just right, go right, 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 right. Of, of course, know. of course. Now you must have seen this in the news yesterday. What's that? Uh, our DA Jason yeah. Williams and his 78-year-old mother were carjacked. <laughs> Right out on the street. I'm not laughing. It's terrible. Anybody's a victim of crime. But, but man, oh man, you know shit is getting uh, getting rough when the the DA is getting. Uh, well, is he gets what he deserves, crime. man. He wants to be light on crime. He wants to rehabilitate these people. You know, these young offenders and all that. And I'm sure these offenders were very young people too. I think they caught the guy. Yeah, one of the guys who's yeah. 18 years old. So you know, uh, you get what you preach, Jason. You know. In well, fact, I saw him on campus last week. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was on the campus where I work at, and uh, he, he walked by me, and he said hello, and I ignored him. Well, I, I, th I think Jason's a good guy. I think he was, uh, he was uh, in a little bit over his head, and, and I, I, I think he's getting the picture. Slowly but surely, he's 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 yeah he's, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's got problems like we all have problems, and uh, his mom will never forgive him for this. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, th thank God none of them were hurt. I'm sure that's you know to have somebody point a gun in your face. It's that's a trauma that uh, I'm sure it takes some some time to get over. But uh, glad well, that not they the were first all safe. Time, I'm sure for him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't or his know. mom. I don't know. You know. I don't know, I but don't know. well, where were they? What part of town? Uh, there's like in? the Lower Garden District, like oh, Magazine Street, really? somewhere down there. Yeah, they were yeah, scoring yeah, like, some crack. I'm not sure what they're. I think they were just getting out of the car. I don't know where oh. they had been before that. Because I know uh, the mom's an addict. I'm not sure about that. She's uh, called me a few times to huh, score. Okay, well, I, I don't know. have any knowledge of that. Nothing but, uh, worse than being a 78 year old crack addict. That's no good. Because you, you, know, you can't I, sell your body. I, I no one wants that body. No, no, no. You know, nobody wants that. I hope that's not true but uh, no drug dealer is going to say all right i'll give you five hits for that no way yeah no no not gonna no. happen no they might might give you some crack to but you would think jason williams would have uh, uh the key to the evidence room. evidence room yeah yeah, yeah, yeah to yeah. get her mom to get his mom all that crack she needs well again i'm not sure that's true but okay yeah. um well uh in in other uh uh municipal news uh government news did you see the uh, the mayor's communication director was finally dismissed by the city council? I did not hear about that. Yes, that happened yesterday. Now, prior to that, I saw a photograph, it, photograph of this guy and a report that apparently he has been a frequent travel companion of Mayor Latoya Cantrell's in the last year. So maybe oh. she had to, you know, that that the, her her last boyfriend, the police officer, you know, is his wife. Uh, he got, it, got his tail in the crack with his wife, and uh, 
So I guess he got reassigned. So, you know, I guess uh, I don't know. if the, What is this, this guy's name again? Uh, I'm not name. really sure what his name is. But I know him. He's a stand-up comic, actually. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, is. well, I did see a photograph well, of what's him. What's his name? It's uh, for, uh, Joseph. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> he must be a great stand-up if you can't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, he, he was the communications director. Of, uh, I saw a photograph of him from uh, Orléans, France, uh, where he traveled with the mayor, and he was dressed in in like a kind of uh, French attire, French style. Oh. He had like a, a horizontal red and white striped shirt and oh. a red neckerchief, and he was uh, he was quite a good-looking guy. I'm thinking, all right, okay, well. Uh, I guess so. That's, you were attracted to him. I was not attracted to him, okay. <laughs> but uh, uh, you, you know, he upset that he got fired. Gregory oh, Joseph. No, no, no. I Gregory think Gregory Joseph. Uh, I, I think uh, that that he was, it was right to fire him because uh, you know certainly. Now, did the mayor concede his uh, firing? No, no, no. She's See, of yeah, course she's, this is all a personal attack. If you ask her, right. and and uh, you know he's. Uh, because she's now, been banging him for a while, well, right? Well, I mean, it? I don't, I don't know about that. Now, really, he got fired for something that she had him do. I mean, if she could be fired, she's the one that you know he didn't do this on his own. He didn't do this right. for his own benefit. Yeah. He did this for her. He used our money so, to pay for her advertisement. Right, right, right. So this yeah. is a, a, you know, he is not the the bad guy. He's just the fall guy in this thing that really was was uh, you know. Uh, Went back to, to remember Latoya that show, Cantrell. The Fall Guy with Lee Majors. I do, I do. Yeah, he played a stuntman. Yeah, huh? played a stuntman. That was a good show. Now, was that kind of based on? There's a, a Peter O'Toole movie, right? Is that who's in it? Uh, called The Stuntman or something? I think it's loosely based on that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. TV rips off everything. Right, right. The movies rip off everything. Broadway rips off everything. It's hard for people to come up with new ideas. Yeah, it's man. very hard to come up with ideas anymore. The well, news is ripping off movies. No. Yeah. The news is ripping <laughs> off movies. You got that right. Yeah. Even the news can't come up with anything yeah. new. <laughs> yeah, uh, brother. Well, well speaking of go news, go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, it keeps getting better and better with uh, Will Smith and his wife. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, uh, you know, he, like a year ago or so, around this time, he slapped uh, Chris Rock in the face during the Oscars, and then he won, and he gave his best performance was his Oscar speech yeah. ever. That was his best performance. But then there's, and I saw a recently an interview with Jada uh, Pinkett Smith, and she revealed that. She doesn't even know who Will Smith is. <laughs> She's like, I don't know who this person is, but yet uh, I'm banging my son's best friend. Yeah, she met him in line for carpool, actually. There you go. Classic. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's crazy going nuts. You know, those two people should just call it quits. I think they're just trying to stay relevant. Probably. I don't know. Yeah, she's got something coming out—a book or something. I don't know what it is. So she's 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 playing the something. new Rapunzel. Oh, actually, okay. <laughs> really? All right. <laughs> well, apparently this kind all started stretch, but, uh, between her and Will Smith when five six years ago she told he told her maybe you should think about you know uh, part two of that fl film you know that Chris Rock made fun of her. Okay. Uh, G.I. Jane. You know, he said, and apparently she doesn't remember any of that stuff. Oh, huh, okay. Anyway. Like kind of hit her nerve Did there. you know their daughter is Jimi Hendrix, reincarnate? Uh, well, no, I didn't. She identifies. Didn't. 
Oh, She's really? Jimmy. Yes. That, really? That's, that's how she identifies? <laughs> yep. I want to take what these guys are taking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This family's <laughs> fucked up, man. <laughs> Jesus. You thought your family's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I guess the, the grass is always was, greener, huh? Yeah, I think uh, uh, Chris Rock said the best thing and when he finally responded to the whole slap in the face. He said, I love Will Smith. And I love that movie, uh, Emancipation, because I love the scenes where you're just getting the shit beat out of them. Yeah, I saw him say that. <laughs> you know? So, uh, anyway, yeah. I gave them a few minutes, and that's about it. Oh, my right, God. right. But, you know, we just had an election over yes. the weekend. Oh, man, oh, man. And yeah, it was big, the like, worst voter turnout in, like, 15 years. It was, the like, state of 23% Louisiana. turnout, yeah, something like that? Yeah. I don't know why they're holding the voting uh, during Libra season. How do you expect Libra anyone season? to make a decision? During Libra season? Oh, okay. I get Come it. Come on. It's got to uh, be sometime. Come on. I don't know. Well, we were hoping. Do it in the, year of the time of Scorpio. Okay. Get those stingers uh, got, out. You got one of these people on the show tonight, <laughs> huh? One of those people <laughs> I'm a blonde woman. What do you expect? Are you really blonde? Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll find out later. Okay. Anyway, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it was the worst vo- voter turnout. And apparently, I was listening to some show, and there's some organization that uh, uh, f- tracks all the voters and all that, and which voters are voting, and which. And it was the lowest voter turnout for liberal women in 12 years. Hmm. The liberal women did not go out and vote. All right, ladies, you gotta gotta do your part. You, know. you gotta get out there. You know, you, you fought for the vote. Now now use it. You know. You know what? We had Barbie. Okay, Barbie <laughs> was supposed to take care of it all. Oh uh, yeah, how's that, that working out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I keep watching it and nothing's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have yeah. yet to see it. I'm not going to see it. Oh, yeah, come you're, on. you're not missing anything. Yeah, I don't, oh, I don't come on. I, I, I could barely pay attention. It was, uh, it was tough for I me. Don't but I, I he understand. He was too busy looking for discharged popcorn on the floors I, of the theater. Gross. That's he eats that stuff. I mean, I don't right? mean to not sound... Not off the floor. No, I bought new popcorn that day. Come yeah. on, I told you that already. I don't yeah. mean to sound stereotypical, but men like you need to see Barbie. That's all. Really? It comes uh, I don't think there's anything what, 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 that what am I like? out of it. What, 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 what do you mean by that? Who am I like? Men like me. Men like you. You said like me. Yes. What do you mean like me? Like you... Am you I don't, a clown? No, I amuse you don't, you? You don't want to <laughs> see it. it? It's the people who don't want to see it are I'll the ones that need to see it. I'll see it once it comes on my, into my living room, but I'm not going out there to, and seeing okay. it in the theater. I think you'll find it more funny than you think it is. Well, I'm sure it's a great film. Yeah. I'm really sure. I'm sure it is. But you, you oh, were yeah. bored? You couldn't finish uh, it? I mean, it was... It's, you went it's to a, the movie theater and I got bored? I went to bored? the movie now, theater. It's is a lo- it a movie I can masturbate to? No. Oh, okay. I mean, if you're at your house, I would say yes. I mean, you know? I mean, just because it's that's your prerogative. I'm not saying right, it's going to exactly. be easy, but I'm saying <laughs> you certainly you could try. Now, should um, I use one ply or two ply Kleenex? I, I would go two. Why would you ever use one? I would go two, just on general principles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, you know the the movie. It's a, it's it's a very frenetic movie. There's a lot of uh, flashing colors, a lot of shit going on. A lot of they're 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 trying to uh, check a lot of boxes. I felt overwhelmed by the their attempt to entertain me. To and I, I felt uh, it, it was it was I didn't. Feel Feel engaged now. Hey, you know, 
as I always say, there's no accounting for taste. If some people liked it, that's wonderful. I Now, leaving the theater, I had no idea that this movie would be treated as uh, seemingly a combination as far as like uh, the greatness of this picture. It would be treated like a combination of uh, Citizen Kane and The Godfather 2, you know, because that's the way that's the way the, the public reaction seemed to be like this is the greatest film made in the last 20 years. So. I, I would contend, uh, I feel comfortable saying that I do not think it was that. So, But I'm, uh, I love uh, Greta Gerwig. I'm happy yeah. for her success. Glad everybody uh, made money off that. And, and, uh, Wait, know. they made money? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what the, what the, uh, what the, what the net is going to be, but I know they is definitely Is it rated grossed. R? I think it's uh, PG-13. Oh, PG-13. PG-13, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if your brain was trying too hard to make sense of the plastic world and the real world and how all of that no, transition. I, I, I you, got you it You can't all. think too hard about uh, it. Yeah, yeah. See, the only doll he had when he was a kid was Raggedy Ann. Yes. So he didn't have a Barbie when he was a kid. Not no, Andy, no, no, just no. Ann? No, well, what I had was a, a knockoff Major Matt Mason doll. It wasn't Major Matt Mason because my parents were too cheap to get that for me. I had like some other kind of uh, knockoff uh, uh, astronaut doll or possibly a knockoff G.I. Joe. It had the same genitalia as Ken doll. Um, There's no. It's a mound. It's a plastic mound. You know, I, I, I it, what it's the, the, first the dolls? Thing I don't think the dolls had any, uh, any, uh, any. Well, that's any, my reference. The downstairs. mound. She just right, answered right, that. Right, the right. mound. Well, it's just so smart that Mattel has now moved from making toys to making movies. Did you guys know the Uno movies coming out soon? I, I did hear that that Mattel was was. Uh, 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 motivated by the success of this and they had a whole whole bunch of them that were coming out. Yeah, Uno, the, they're making a movie about a board uh, game? About a card game. <laughs> a okay. card game? Hey, I guess people watch anything. Um, All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on from Barbie. Right, right, right. So, yeah. uh, but Jeff Landry was... Uh, was Elected the the yeah, biggest we should all be very scared about of, of a governor that we've we've had in a long time since he's worse than Bobby Jindal, um, yeah, uh, and and worse than a lot of people. Uh, it's going to be bad for New Orleans. He he's yeah, got a hard he, on for New Orleans. Uh, he hates he, us. And, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. He's, be really he's from bad. Lafayette. He's oh, and, and he's got Trump's endorsement and all that. Yeah. 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 No, oh, that matters. It's going to be a nightmare for us. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got the whole legislature. You know, the the executive uh, branch in in, Lu- in Louisiana is so powerful. The governor has so much power. It's going to be a tough four years, folks. Can't we just ignore it? Well, I mean, well, you that's can what try New Orleans to. does anyway, yeah. Yeah, or yeah. anything. I mean, yeah. Yeah. murder this, murder that, crime this, education lowest. What does New Orleans do? They have a festival or parade, right. you know, So they ignore. They, they're used to ignoring everything, New Orleans. But you know, you know, that's the stupidity that lies in this city. Sure, right. sure. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you you try to avoid the pain, go towards the pleasure, I suppose. Uh, but that's what uh, Jason Williams' mom has been doing. <laughs> okay, 10, all right. Well, I think that's years. what we're all trying to do, you actually. Know. Can you still get crack? I guess you can still make crack if you get coke. 
right? Yeah, I mean, it's the, you can, the, if you get coke, you can you, make crack. Chemistry is still the same. Yeah. The yeah. coke is so bad in New Orleans now, you have to turn it into crack. It's, really? It's Coke Zero if it's regular Coke. You have to. <laughs> okay. You got to crack it. Well, okay. It's not hard. You that's crack what you've heard. Coke. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Okay. You've heard things. From okay. my sponsor. <laughs> From your sponsor. <laughs> right. right, 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 right. Well, that is the best place to uh, yeah. to, to get information on drugs. Well, that's the best place to score at those NA. meetings. Yeah, yeah. Well, just ask Carlo Nuccio. Sure. We'll ask anybody, man. Yeah. Um, well, we had some sad news, some losses this week, Manny, celebrity losses. I uh, saw you were posting Suzanne Summers <gasps> no. and Piper uh, yeah. Laurie were yeah. both your friends. Sad, sad to yeah. lose them. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah real Piper life. Piper Laurie yeah. died yes, and they're... Suzanne Summers died. Uh, who was uh, Piper Laurie? Piper Laurie. Do you remember the... Did you ever see the original Carrie movie? She was the mom. And she Carrie. was the mom. I'm supposed to play her in a Halloween show next weekend. Okay, well. She let's died? Talk about typecasting. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, Piper uh, Laurie had a long career. Man. Oh, yes. yeah. She, had a great she was career. the scariest movie villain, I remember. That's oh, why I chose to play her in this show next they're week. They're all going to laugh at you. Yes. <laughs> they're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> oh, man. She had hear him pray. Had, had many. Pray. <laughs> <laughs> but she was a friend of First yours. First comes the blood, then come the boys. <laughs> First come the blood, then come the boys. It uh, had, had many, yeah. many memorable That was roles. actually Stephen King's favorite uh, movie adaption, was yep. Brian De Palma's Carrie. He didn't like a lot of the other films that were made from his book, like The Shining. And he didn't like The Shining? No, he didn't like The really? Shining. Really? Wow. No, he didn't like Kubrick's The Shining version of Wow, know, really? Rendition I'm so surprised. Uh, yeah. I think it's great, personally. Yeah, I like know. The Shining. Um, but, but yeah, Carrie was the best. Okay. Well, you know, and you always movie. know if a horror film's really good, and Stephen King said this, I'm quoting Stephen King, because when he went and saw the premiere or some test screenings of Carrie... When it came out, he went to the black theaters, mm -hmm. and the black people were screaming out of their minds. Yeah. And he said, yeah, this is a good yeah, they go, version. Don't go in there. Don't yeah. go in there. <laughs> they got it right. <laughs> right, they, right. Uh, De Palma got it right. Nice, nice. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, it's also another anniversary. Do you know today is the 10th anniversary of Other's Day? Oh, okay. Remember Other's Day? I do, I do. No. Yeah, Other's Day is a holiday that my brother-in-law invented. It's for everyone else. Because we you have Mother's mothers, Day. You got fathers, fathers you got grandparents, you got, you know, all the... This is for the other people. Okay, your brother-in-law invented this and now it's a national holiday? Uh, oh. Well, no, I never really made oh. a, a national <laughs> but, holiday. But we have celebrated we it. We have oh. celebrated it. Are we, you an other? We're all others. In oh, many we're ways. all others. Yeah. Everybody's Got other yeah. to somebody. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So okay. You just, well, I remember, right. we had that first uh, at the truck farm. Yeah, yeah. We had that celebration for Others Day. Well, yeah, I, I just want to say it's the 10th anniversary of Others Day. So let's uh, raise your glass and uh, to all the others, all the others out all there. Right, cheers. Mm -hmm. And uh, other sad news: we lost a recent guest of the Troubled Men podcast, Nikki Sonsenbach, who we had. Uh, had uh, just a few months ago. Uh, he's an old friend of Dave Clements. Oh, I don't know. And, I don't remember uh, him. Yeah, he was here. He was he was sick when he was here, and uh, you know didn't. Why uh, do you get sick, people? Well, on the you show? know, I, I I didn't. Uganda Roberts was on the show, and the next day he died. It wasn't the no. next day; it was the Come next on. week. Yeah, but uh, you know. So I uh, hope you're not feeling geez. okay. Are you hey, feeling all right? <laughs> look, it's a, it, we we got to get you before you're gone, if or uh. else it's too late. You know, it's yeah. uh, so. 
You know, it's uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, he seemed like a good guy. He was a real good guy and yeah. man, meant a lot to me. And uh, so, man. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Nikki Sonsenbach. What kind, what, what kind of name is that? Sonsenbach. I'm not sure what kind of name German. it is. Is okay. that German, you think? Gotta be. Uh, could be. Could Say be. it with a German accent. That's how you know. Uh, I don't do German accents. Uh, he, he looked very French. I know his mother was 100% French. but uh, <laughs> Okay. But uh, anyway, so shout out to Nikki Sonsenbach. Never be another one. Um, uh, anything else going on, Manny? I think you have a birthday coming up, huh? Did we just pass it? No, or it's coming up okay. this weekend. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, My happy birthday. You're going to be as old as I am, catching yeah. up to me. Yeah. How, how old is that? 60 years old. I'll be 60. 60. Yeah, I'll be 60 years old uh, this weekend. And um, Is that your natural hair color? Uh, gray and brown, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's my natural hair that's color. Impressive. Yeah. Well, do uh, you have anything else? Because maybe we should uh, get to our guest. Well, I have a few things, but let's just get to our guest. Okay. Good deal. All right. Well, our guest, uh, she's a terrific comic, improviser, writer, director, producer, improv instructor, podcaster, uh, former Circle Bar bartender. <laughs> she uh, uh, works all around town, uh, is a featured performer at the Comedy House of New Orleans uh, on Fulton Street there in the Warehouse District and uh, many other venues around town. We'll get into all that, but without further ado, the great Miss JQ Palms. Welcome, JQ. Thank you. This is so great, guys. Oh. Man. Troubled Man Podcast. Troubled Men. Troubled Men. It's two and women. Men yeah, and yeah, women. Yeah, yeah. What does JQ stand for? Well, it's a street name someone gave me when I moved to New Orleans because my full name is Jacqueline and my nickname is Jackie. And they said, you're never going to make it in that in this town with that name. So Why we got to give you. They said it was too soft huh. and I'm too, I'm too Midwestern. So they gave me this street name, JQ. Okay. And, and what I, neighborhood was this in? This was like uh, at Dragon's Den. Oh, okay. Someone, someone at Dragon's Den anointed me with this name. And I didn't really use it that now much. Now you're stuck with it. Well, yeah, and when I got into comedy, it was like in my other life, I take care of children and I'm like a goody-goody. And, you know, I don't want people to confuse my stage persona okay. with who I am in real life. So with the children, you're Jackie? I'm Miss Jackie. Miss Jackie. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right. Good. I yep. like that. I like the, the, the boundaries that, right. you, that you're setting there. And what prison is this at? Prison. <laughs> it's youth an uptown prison. prison. It's a youth facility? It's an uptown prison. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, okay. But they, it is locked down. Yeah. Okay. Right, right. Because you can't let them, especially the little ones, you can't let them run loose. They'll, they'll, they'll escape on you. Well, yeah. I mean, but I am really good at what I do. I mean, I, I take care of rich little kids. Nice. You know? nice. And, you know, and I'm cute about it, too. It's like I, I'm always on time, and I cute, I pack cute snacks for carpool and take them to the playground, and I don't sleep with their dads. <laughs> and that's, that's, key. that's a key part. I'm right. actually really you good at that part. I don't sleep with any of them. Okay. Yeah, oh, okay. no. Not so, the kids either. Not yeah. the kids. Good, 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 nope. good, good, good. You've nope. got all the bases covered. It's not there. my thing, guys. Believe it or I not. Hear you. Not no, my no, thing. Not me either. I hear now, you. Now, carpool is a big headache most of the time. Not for it? me. No? Not at all. You got to know when to get there, how to get there. You got to have the tunes on. Bring the dog in the car, roll the window down. No, I'm talking about if you're running the carpool. I mean, dropping off oh. is nothing. But you said you, yeah. you work at a school that you deal with carpool. No, no, no. I work for the families. Oh, I you am work the for nanny. a family. Oh, oh, you're a nanny. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. you just 
Okay, well, I, I, I'm the nanny. Oh, okay. I'm the nanny, Miss Jackie. Oh, I thought you were talking like that you worked Mary at a Poppins school. Type. Yes. You made it seem like you work for a school. No, I that's why I was locked down. Yeah. I was like, what do you guys think kids yeah. are these days? They're just So you're a nanny. Yeah. They're fair. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get paid five times what teachers get paid just to oh. <laughs> Was, yeah. Just to drive these kids around. And actually, yeah. with all the crime, business is booming because they're really going for those uptown moms. And so, you know, when when a mom gets her carjacked at the shell station after yoga, someone's got to go pick up those kids from school. And that's when they call me. So that's when overtime. Yeah. That's overtime yeah. for you. Nice, yeah. nice. Time and a half. Time and a half. Like so how many way. kids do you nanny? Right now, I have three. Oh, All okay. for the same family. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, it's uh, it's easier than having thirty in the classroom. Exactly. I don't. I feel so bad for these teachers. I really don't know why they do it. Uh, yeah, I think school game. School is going to become a very um, antiquated idea in the next few generations. I think. Uh, I also. It'll all be taught by AI. It's taught by also, AI. Will teach everything. How. how how these parents can afford to send their children to school is beyond me. It, it is so expensive. I went to public school. Everything was just free. Yeah, we you all went, went to, to school. school yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not an option anymore. Well, well because is. you got all these religions down here. They want to send their kid to these Catholic schools. But it's not a requirement, which is crazy. I know. Well, they do it anyway. They do it it's anyway. Tra- it's tradition to get raped by the priest oh. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So I got. Yeah, if I got raped, you're going to get raped too, sonny boy. <laughs> uh, so you know? all, 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 all part of God's so plan. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> well, well uh, JQ, uh, yes. tell us, uh, you're not from New Orleans, are you? No. Well, tell us about a little bit. Where did you come from? I came from the great state of Michigan. Okay. You guys familiar with this one? I am. Do you know which one of the Midwestern states it is? Most yeah, people don't. See, uh, uh, I know a little bit about Michigan. Yeah. I my dad is from Gross Point. Okay. My mom is from Grand Rapids. Just played in Grand Rapids a couple of months no ago. No kidding. Yep. Where? Uh, at a uh, bar, I think it's called like the the Tip Top Lounge. Oh yeah, like they've got an open mic on Tuesdays. Oh at okay, the tip you know top. the place. Yes, kind of a rockabilly bar yeah. up there. Yeah, no, like a groovy little scene there. Um, so your family, uh, mom and dad, siblings. Mom and dad, and they're both musicians. Oh really? My dad was a folk musician. My mom was a classical violist. They met at Western Michigan, and they started a band. And then they got pregnant with me. So I've always had musical family, musical okay. parents. Um, and we grew up in the small town, farm town. You know, we were the weird family. Yeah. We were the weird family because my dad played banjo and, you know, they sang folk songs and I was very unpopular. My little sister picked up the guitar she's got a beautiful voice she's mm-hmm. an artist in new orleans okay she moved down here to go to loyola she was in the freshman class of katrina she moved down here on a tuesday evacuated on a saturday uh-huh. she moved to lafayette moved in with a band called the pine leaf boys two doors down from the blue moon saloon oh yeah no that place well she played there recently yes and she had the time of her life at my dad's playing string band music up in Michigan and then he's coming down here and he's hearing all this Cajun Zydeco and he fell in love with it so he picked up the accordion my mom was thrilled about that and started forming bands down here and bringing musicians up to Michigan so we really had this like direct connection between Cajun Louisiana and 
the middle of Michigan, nowhere. And that was before you came uh, down? And, and that was before I came down. Oh. Meanwhile, I was living in San Francisco, living my best life, just partying and seeing music all the time and thinking I was having the best time. And then my sister comes out to to hang out and there's all these New Orleans bands that we're going to see and it's Rebirth and it's Dumpster Funk and it's Galactic and these are my favorite bands and she's like I know these guys I teach this guy's daughter piano lessons uh-huh. and I interned for this band and you know it was all of a sudden it hit me that in New Orleans you can live around this music it right. can be your life it can be your community your people Right. so I left San Francisco, came to New Orleans, uh, walked into this circle bar where she was playing on a Monday, met Dave Clemens, and he said, well, we love your sister, so you must be cool too. How would you like to be a bartender? Nice. Do you have any experience? <laughs> How would you like work for me? I said, no, I have no experience, but I love to drink. He said, you're perfect. <laughs> so he hired me on the spot. When was this? This was 2014. 2014, okay. So uh, I used to live above the Circle Bar. Yeah, and I met you back then, but you oh, weren't yeah. living up there at the time. I remember, yeah. I, I, I remember meeting you and hearing about your your campaign for mayor and you told me your catchphrase at least a dozen times and everyone raved about you. Will Smith raved about you, Chris and Rick slave that lived upstairs yeah, and I, everyone I, knew I, you. Was my neighbor. Rick was my neighbor yeah. for a while. Uh, yeah. But I can't remember what that catchphrase was. Troubled man for troubled times. That was it. That's it. Well, that really brings this full circle, <laughs> yes, full yes. circle from the circle bar. Right, right. So, uh, so you spent some time there at, at the old Circle Bar as a bartender. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's kind of a rite of passage for for many uh, New Orleans performers. Monday night shift from three p.m. till five in the morning. Nice. And I drank, I drank the whole shift and never dropped. And I could still do math at the end of the night. And I was like, this is where I belong. Yes. This is my place. Yes. No wonder uh, that place went out of business. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, so uh, your family, you know, you're, uh, it sounds like you had a happy family life, yeah. but, but uh, it seems like most comedians have a troubled family life. Uh, it's kind of a cliche, but I mean kind of a cliche that, that, uh, because it's true usually. Well, sure. I think here's the thing. Coming from a, a happy musical family was so wonderful for them. But I was the one kid who didn't play music. Oh, okay. And for years, anytime we'd go anywhere, it's like, they're all in the show. It's a family affair. And everyone would excitedly you know, come up. They couldn't wait to meet me. And what do you play? Uh. And I'd have to let them down. you know. And then it got to be where I would give them some kind of you know, real shitty response because I get so sick of being called out for not being part of this musical family. Right. So then I decided, here's what I can do. I can't be a musician, but I can sleep with musicians. Uh, Let me just do that. Yeah, okay. baby. And yeah. then I just became a real star fucker for years, which, oh, okay. you know, I'm not proud of. It's not a... But you're not ashamed of either. I'm not ashamed. I mean, I had a great time. David Lee Roth. 
<laughs> no one famous, only one semi-famous, but no one you'd be impressed with. That's the sad part. I should have really, I should have really gone for it, you know. But I think I was too so reasonable. You're no Pamela DeBars is what no, you're saying. No. So uh, you go to college somewhere during all this time? Sure. Or? Yeah, I graduated from Eastern Michigan. And I, okay. I had a psychology degree. I was a very smart kid, and um, I intended to go to Berkeley. But then I got to California and I just started having way too much fun. So, you know, I was a very bright, gifted, overachieving child. And then really I just started realizing how much fun life is yeah. when you're just going to see music all the time. And you've got the Irish jeans and you can drink, <laughs> out drink everybody. And, I, you know, I was never one of those people that was a liability. So I had a ton of fun. And even in this bar... Never had any problems. Never have any memories. But I, I, I mean, I ruled this bar. No, no memories, no bad memory. or good. Bad yeah, or right, good. Right, 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 right. Okay, clean yeah. slate. Clean slate. Right, right. I've no, I never, I never hurt anybody. Put it that way. Well, that's good. Yeah. Not that you remember anyone. Anyway. Not that I remember. Right, right. As far as I don't remember, I didn't all, hurt anybody. All that counts. <laughs> uh, you, well, you think maybe that that having the family that we were all performers kind of gave you an idea of what performance was about. Uh, you feel like that gave you a leg up when you actually started doing comedy that you, uh, you're familiar with the, the, the business of show. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know, uh, my mom was always the one who'd have some, you know, wisecracking jokes while the band was tuning their instrument. And she seemed like such a natural at it, mm -hmm. which wasn't her personality in real life at all. So I knew that there was something to like the magic that happens when you're on stage and, and you're not yourself yes. and you're just kind of, you're vibing with the, the energy that you're getting from the audience. And, you know, I tried to create that energy by like drinking a lot and, you know, being really fun party girl. And, and it was a blast. But at, at some point, you know, when I finally like maxed out, I found myself uh, at a pot farm in Mendocino County and I didn't realize it, but I had pretty much been kidnapped and I was held hostage for like six months, uh, which was crazy. Uh, but it happened. And it made and you smoke weed. I smoked so much and yeah. I... You know, it was isolation. We were three and a half hours from, from people and no phones. And I mean, it was really off the grid. If you want to see what it was like, there's a Netflix series called Murder Mountain, which turns out is where I was. Oh, okay. and, and I and I watched <laughs> that. And the whole time I'm like, am I on this show? Because yeah, it's see about yourself. parents whose kids go to Mendocino County to trim and they never hear from them again. But I did survive. When I got back to New Orleans... So wait, 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 wait. How did, so they you just they kidnapped you for like six months and they said, okay, you're done. I know. I escaped. I finally like... You escaped I or escaped. they let you go? I, I, well, I tried to escape once and then the car ran off the road and I had to come back because I didn't know where I was. This was the crazy thing. When you get up there, they blindfold you and then take you the rest of the way. So it's oh, not geez. even like roads. I mean, you're just... Right. It's so you really don't know where you are. You really don't know where you are. What year is this? This was 2017. Oh, God, that's <laughs> just a few years ago. No, I know. And this that's is when we started this podcast. <laughs> no, I know. This was, I was, I was at Miss Mays. It was Mardi Gras. It was five in the morning, and I'm. And at you the, end up in Mendocino the next day? It was about a month later. I met a really handsome guy who promised me, you know. His name was Jim Jones? <laughs> he looked a lot like him, really? actually. Okay. He was a New Orleans boy 
His, I can't, I mean, I guess I could tell you his name was Rex. He was named after the parade. I mean, he was so New Orleans and he had this big pot farm and it was like, this is the best of both worlds for me. Yes, I want to spend the summer on a pot farm. I was imagining it was like a Disney movie where I'd be like opening the window and like cartoon birds would come oh. and fly and I'd just be like doing <laughs> yoga. And I was like, no, it was hard labor for 14 hours a day for six Holy months. Cow. And then you so smoked what? a bunch of pot. Well, yeah, and I had smoked pot for a long time. So I was yeah, really... What kind of food are they serving there? Because you smoke pot, you got munchies. Oh, no, you're eating beans out of a can. I mean, you're living on propane. Like, there's no, <laughs> yeah. there's no lights. This water comes from a spring. Uh, the bears were everywhere. I mean, it was like you shouldn't even go outside, and then you knew that there was going to be a bear following you around. Want to eat my lunch one day? Oh, jeez. I mean, it was this was like not. It was so. And then I'm, you're so high all the time that you're just like, okay, is this real? So what is the point of taking, kidnapping you and taking you there? Is it to bang you every day? Well, is, yeah, is, is I guess it? that's what he thought. And the, the, these, these, they're, it's called grow hose is the name for these women. <laughs> I did not know so any of this. So women there and one guy. It was just me. Was oh, just, just you? And just him. He told me he had a whole crew and he'd fired them right before I got up there. So it was he just me. He said he fired them. Yeah. I don't know that they right. were there. So yeah. you were working 14 hours a day. While At he's least. doing what? Oh, he would be out riding the four wheeler, or you know, he'd be making you know so- something. Who knows? It was forty acres. I mean, it was just like I'm. I'm tending to like it was a but half no a mule. No mule. Okay. It was a half a million dollars crop. I mean, it was a lot. And then the whole thing was like, you're gonna get, you're gonna make all this money uh-huh. once we grow all of this and we'll sell it. And then like that year, the price of marijuana just. Because they made it legal. Yes. You couldn't sell a pound for more than $600. Meanwhile, I'm like, if we get this to New Orleans, they're selling it for $3,600 a pound. Like, it hasn't changed in New Orleans. Okay. But we can't get it off this mountain right. to New Orleans. Logistics. It's all Logistics. Yeah. All right. So let's go back. So you're at Mardi Gras. You meet a guy. You're <laughs> fucked up. You meet yeah. some guy who promises you... Uh, something and you fly to California with him. I drove. Okay, and you're in New Orleans. Are you living in New Orleans yes. or are you just visiting? New I lived three hours down from the Kingpin at the time. Okay. okay. So you just leave your apartment, you leave all yep. that stuff leave to it, go job. to be a slave a worker. I did in not California. know. I did not know I was signing up to now, be do you, a slave. Are you still in touch with this guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. He, he got, he somehow made a bunch of money and I oh, came I'm back sure with nothing has. and he started a deep sea fishing company in the uh, Bahamas or something. Well, you know, that's how so pimps work. You know, the pim- yeah. Pimps work, they say, how much do the girls get? Nothing. Yeah. The girls get nothing. Yeah. You know, like uh, Some percentage, yeah. no, not, no, zero percent. I will say, I, I, nothing bad happened to me. I wasn't abused. Okay. I wasn't good. hurt. It was nothing tragic in that regard. I just got used for my kindness and Labor, labor, and, and I came back with no money. Okay, but you have a good story. Great story. And then when I came back, when I had nothing, I was really sad. I was really depressed. I hadn't been around people in so long. I didn't even know who I was. I went to an improv show randomly, and I laughed for the first time. Really gutterly laughed. I mean, who knows what it was about? But it was just like. I don't know. Something about what these people are doing is so funny to me. You sure you were at a club and not just in some bathroom <laughs> by yourself looking in the mirror? 
Are you sure about this? No, Fanny, okay. I'm not. Okay, but You're we're not going sure? with it. No, I'm oh, sure. Okay. It was, I, I'm sure. I know. I was on. So Saint how Claude. did you make your way to back to New Orleans? What kind of money did you? Did he give you money to? Or you would just escaped and call great. I had friends that were lived. You like Tina Turner and say, "I need a room." I, I, had, I don't have any money, but I'm Tina Turner. Yeah, give me a room. I had friends that lived up in Humboldt County, like okay. towards uh, Ferndale. Yeah. And I was able I to area, get. Yeah. I was able to get there, and they helped me get a flight. And then I flew home to Michigan. To Guyana. To Michigan. <laughs> you flew home to Guyana. Guyana it does sound yeah. a little bit like Jonestown, yeah, except yeah. just for two. For yeah, two. Yeah. Jonestown um, for two, exactly. But uh, well, you know, uh, we have so much to get to. We're just about where you're. You're about to start your your uh, stand up career yeah. and the story. But uh, it seems like a good time to take a break take before a break. we do yeah, that. Yeah, huh, sure. So uh, what we do is we take a break, and the nation knows what to do. We'll be right back. Just three chords. Just three chords. All you need to know is just three chords. Just three chords. It's all that it takes. Just three chords. Hear the sound that it makes. Practice them over and over and over and over till you have a song. Because it takes just three chords. Okay, like you're actually pretty good at this, so... So when you're feeling broken hearted and you don't know how it started, you really want to cry, but you don't know why. You call up your parents to help you answer these questions. They say we're sorry we're busy, but oh, did we mention we sent you something in the mail. And if you learn how to play it, you'll feel so much better if you can learn three chords. So when you're feeling mad or sad and you've lost all that you've had, take that instrument right out of the bag look inside the case this must be a mistake i thought there'd be some cash or a check would be okay no it's just another thing i don't know how to play till i learn just three chords so when you're feeling blue and you don't know what to do grab that instrument that your dad sent to you Pull up a chord chart on your iPhone and try to match your fingers to it. Practice it over and over. There's really nothing to it. Because once you've got three chords, you're basically in a rock and roll band. Because it takes just three chords. All and right, we're back. Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Yeah. I am Renee Coleman. Back yeah. with our guest, Ms. JQ Palms. Now, JQ, uh, I know, uh, you know, I... I, I I predicted that you would have listened to a few of the podcasts, but it turns out, no, I was wrong. But uh, so I'll fill you in. Uh, we have had uh, somewhat of a rough I don't road. I to him either. Yeah, 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 yeah. I never but listened it, it, to him. Because, uh, you know, he, anyway, we have had a bit of a rough road uh, in the sponsorship front. And uh, so for the longest time, we have been strictly a listener-supported operation here. The Troubled Men podcast, and uh, I, I want to. Uh, so, so you know, we do have the the Venmo and the PayPal links there in the show notes, and the the pinned Facebook page, and we have a shout out to a longtime listener, a friend of the show, and supporter uh, Rob Mailer. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Rob for uh, uh, buying tonight's cocktails. Friend of yours, right, Manny? 
Oh, no, no, no. So I'm thinking of someone else. I Different don't, Rob. I don't know <laughs> no, but Rob I, I do know Rob Mailer. Yeah, yeah. He's, okay. No, he's, he's a longtime yeah. supporter of the Good show. Good one, Renee. Right, right, Rob, right, right, we right. apologize. Right, right. But uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, be like Rob. Uh, support the show. If you're enjoying the show, listening to it. If you're not enjoying it, turn it off, for Christ's sake. But uh, if you're enjoying it, support the show. Uh, we have those, those links there. Uh, buy Manny a Cocktail. Also have the Patreon page that takes all the guesswork out of supporting the show. We have our, our patrons. Uh, shout out to them. They, they uh, support the show week in, week out. Also, uh, follow thank us. Thank you, Rob, whoever you are. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And thank you to all of our patrons. And uh, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Can they follow us on X? Uh, oh, they can, but I don't really fuck with that much these days because okay. it's, it's, a, it's a cesspool over there. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to it. Give us five stars. Helps us out a lot. Uh, costs you nothing. Uh, we do have the Troubled Men podcast T-shirts available with the link in all the show notes uh, as well. And, and uh, you know, it seems like uh, Christmas is far off, but it'll be here before you know it. I think some places are already starting to play that, that miserable Christmas music already. But uh, So I'll have to listen to that for a couple months. But uh, jump on, on the bandwagon and get those shirts. Um, have a shout-out, a couple of uh, things coming up. Uh, remind everybody that the, the Jude Acres event there at Zeitgeist, the screening of The Man with the Red Beret, will be November 29th. And uh, give a, a, a little uh, uh, shoot-up a flair for a, a future guest we're going to have in a few weeks. Uh, Darren Suzanne Hill. Summers. Uh, no, Darren Hill from the Red Rockers. Red Rockers are going to be doing a, uh, a, a legendary New Orleans punk rock band. I had much success uh, uh, on MTV and, and toured all over the place, but they're doing a, a great reunion show at uh, Tipitina's on November the 11th. I'll be there. It's going to be Kicks, and Darren will be on the show uh, sometime around that time. But uh, everybody put that in your calendar. And uh, I don't know. That's that's uh, probably enough of that. I think. Um, so back to you, JQ. Yes. JQ Palms. Yes. Now, uh, JQ, uh, the first time anybody mentioned your name to me was Helicopter Dave. Oh yeah. Uh, and and Chopper Dave. Chopper Dave. Chopper Dave. And Dave said, uh, you know, you should have uh, JQ Palms on your show. And I was like, who is that? And he explained to me who you were, and I looked you up and, and started following you on Instagram. I was like, oh, okay. She's involved in this uh, comedy house of New Orleans, which was like the, the first dedicated uh, uh, comedy club operating in, in, in town. And, and then, uh, so I was like, okay, there, she'd be a good guest. Now I want to get her on. And I had that in the back of my mind. I even had your name written down in one or another notebook, you know, it's, I write people's names down and they, they come back up. Then we ran into you at the gong show yes. that Manny uh, co-hosted uh, a few weeks ago. And you were a performer. You actually performed twice on that gong show. Yep. Uh, and you did some uh, a couple of different uh, musical parody numbers. Uh, you had one 16 times, uh -huh. kind of based on 16 tons. Uh -huh. uh, talking about how many times you'd moved to New Orleans. I, was, uh, I, was, I enjoyed that. Yeah. We met you, and, and we kind of got reacquainted. So tell us uh, about your comedy career here. So you, you get back to town. You, you go to this, uh, this uh, uh, improv performance. 
and you catch the bug at that that point you start taking improv classes i don't know how to how does that go yeah i started taking improv classes and i wasn't great at it but it wasn't about me at that point it was about laughing at everyone else and it was something about like the fact that improv requires no additional um, you don't need an instrument. You don't need a paintbrush. You don't need a thing. You don't need anything except yourself and your brain to do it. That was really appealing to me. Uh, and I started really like enjoying just these weird mashups of people that I would never, ever have a reason to get together with. Just making up stories, making up scenes. And then I started to really understand the rules and like where comedy is at its best. And I got really into just like studying in a, you know, like watching a lot of comedy and just kind of like piecing together like all these different dynamics and watching cop, uh, like um, comedy buddy movies and just like finding just this joy in, in laughing again. It sounds so simple, but like I had just gone through something so dark that like laughing really helped me feel better. And so... I did the improv classes and then they offered a stand-up class and I had like some jokes that I had thought of and I really wanted to try them out and the teacher was like, really impressed with just my confidence and then all of a sudden I opened up, I look a different direction, you know, New Orleans was for me all music and then when I looked a different direction, there were all these comedy open mics that I had no idea about. Before COVID, you could go to Lucky's, Buddha Belly, Sovereign Pub, you could bounce all around Uptown in one night, hit all these open mics. And at the time, you'd get a free drink if you did a set, which was great. And everyone was passing around drugs, and it was this beautiful community of people just like full <laughs> so, of ego, thinking they're so funny. You're gravitating to the drugs, right? right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Exactly. That was my motivation from the beginning. But isn't, you know, improv to me, I mean, I, I've uh, taken. You know, been educated over the. I'm from Los Angeles, and you know everyone's born into it in L.A. and Hollywood and stuff like that. But improv is just basically listening. You just yeah. have to listen. And you can't be fucked up doing improv. Is the thing. No, you can't. No. And that was the first activity in my That's whole. That's the first lesson you learned. Was my you whole life? It was up? the first thing I had to do sober with the sober brain, and I needed. I didn't know it at the time, but I needed something like that. Right, yeah. You, it, improv is all about listening. Yes. Is this, right here, is this is your best instrument, right yes. here. So so now you're doing stand-up. You're, you're attempting to do stand-up, yes. which is the hardest thing. Acting yeah. in movies, acting in sitcoms, acting in TV, is that's nothing. Yeah. Making people laugh is the hardest thing ever. It is. And when I was doing it, though, at the time, I was just partying so much and I wasn't really listening or paying attention to right. what I was doing. Right. Now I look back on some of those videos and I'm just up there screaming into the void about my <laughs> vagina like none of it is funny. I didn't know that, though. I was like, whatever, we're having a good time. It really took, and I'm, this is so weird, like no one's going to like this, but like I was actually so grateful for COVID to happen. Yeah, so I Manny. love oh, man. COVID. Manny wishes it would come back. I, I love COVID, man. And look, it was a weird... Best thing that ever happened. Best thing that ever happened. It was a weird sequence of events, but right as COVID happened, my sister and I got in my car. We drove up to Michigan. We were supposed to visit our grandmother who was dying of heart failure. We were going to say goodbye to her. We were going to see her for a weekend. And 
COVID hit and that weekend turned into eight weeks. Yeah. And that was the best eight weeks of my life because I just got to spend it with my dying grandma. And I was just up in her attic all day, every day. Looking for the money. With <laughs> with my ukulele and a, oh. and a melodica. And I'm just like, all I had to do, all I could do was just write and like think of things. And I, and I, my only outlet was creativity. And so you wrote a really bunch of dead grandma jokes. No, 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 oh. no, no, no. Oh. I, I didn't No, She was alive. We oh, had okay. a great time. We just, it was grandma time, you know? Right, right, right. It was beautiful. If I had been in New Orleans, I don't know if I would have survived because everyone I knew that was in New Orleans was just doing like acid and sitting in their apartments and, and isolated, isolating, and freaking out. Yes. Right, 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 right. And I didn't do any of that. I was creative and I put myself out there. I did a video a day on Instagram of different characters. It was most a creative explosion I'd ever had. Wow. And when I got back, so she passed and we were there. It was a beautiful moment. And then when I got back to new Orleans, all my favorite bars had closed and I just realized, like, it was never going to be what it was before. And I accepted that. And I decided if I was really going to keep being creative, I had to make a life change. And I, I stopped drinking and I stopped doing drugs. And I've been almost three years sober. And ever since then, this, like, actual stage performance persona, writing songs, uh, putting myself out there has been a cakewalk compared to living in New Orleans, trying to stay straight, try to try to still be yourself, be funny. It was it was actually a wonderful now, transformation. Now the people who you nice. nanny for was that yeah. one of their things that you had to be clean and sober? No, God no, no. no. Okay, they're no. not. <laughs> Nobody is. Nobody is. Well, you are. Well, yeah, but it's not. Uh, and it's like I'm not trying to say everyone should be look it's so fun i miss it all the time it's just i know that if i want to like really experience something even that gong show i did that gong show so many times before on mushrooms really? drunk yes and i don't remember you exactly. at all exactly <laughs> it wasn't memorable because okay. like i wasn't fully there this time i was shaking i was trembling i was convinced this is gonna be terrible everyone's gonna you had the shakes because you needed a drink no i was nervous oh, i was okay. so nervous you know, and I never performed at Tipitina's. It was my favorite venue. I just went up there and I just took a deep breath and I just did my thing. And then the reception was like crazy. It was the most fun I'd ever had on stage. Nice. And I remember it and it was meaningful. I'm like, that's really what I want to do. Nice. That's what Let I want to do. Let me ask you something about this gong show. Yeah. Brian McIntosh, he's not a musician, right? He's I a, don't know him very well. Yeah. Well, I'm still trying to figure out why he decided to do this, this fundraiser for the Musicians Clinic. I, I, I don't understand why he's done this. Does he have a soft spot in his heart for his musicians? You know, wants to help out. He's a music fan. No, I, uh, we, I, I, I we appreciate know. that. That's, that's, yeah, I think uh, I brought this up before. Like Jerry, no one knows why Jerry Lewis started his telethon. Right. He, never, he never revealed it. You know, so, and Brian. And I, have you, have you asked him? Uh, I don't know. I see him once a year. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's about it. Well, uh, look, I saw you doing stand-up at the gong show years and years ago before I was doing stand-up. Uh -huh. And it was like, I thought you were hysterical. You had the, the someone was on the drums. They did the rim, the rim shot shots, for you. Yeah. and But I saw how really people, 
people hated you. Oh, yeah. But like you pushed through. <laughs> yeah. And I, you are the first actual real life stand up comic I'd ever seen in New Orleans. Oh, no. wow. Actually. Wow, really? And I was really impressed with how you did not give a fuck. Well, that's it. You can't. And you just you kept gotta going. Be brave. And you have to. I mean, and look, I should be like, I'm really lucky that I get the shows that I ha- that I get to do mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people out there that are doing ten shows a week. They're going putting themselves through all these sh- terrible venues, no audience, and you know their their self esteem is just up and down and all over the place. And right. Frankly, I don't. I don't really want to go through that. I, it's I, tough. It seems, you know, it seems well, like a yeah. no. It's a thankless job. I mean, really, it is. I mean, going up there and standing up and trying to make somebody laugh. If you make one person laugh, then okay, you can build on that. Maybe the next time you go around, you make two people laugh and stuff like that. But I never, you know, I've never really done stand up professionally. I used to be back in Los Angeles. I used to do musical comedy stuff. And but I never actually went out to the comedy store, the improv, or anything, any of those venues on the strip and stuff like. I never did that. I used to go to those places and think, "Wow, those guys are brave," you know. But I never did it until I came down here because I'd already built this personality, Manny Chevrolet, in L.A. doing musical comedy. And then when I came down here, I just built on it, and I had a, you know, most of my jokes, I didn't write. I just interpreted them. Okay. I just interpreted lots of these jokes. A lot of the jokes I did write. Okay. You know, but a lot of them I did not write. You know, and that's. I don't get that. Well, the difference is I'm I'm not I'm not a stand-up. I'm just a personality. Okay. I'm Manny Chevrolet, so I fly into town, and boy, is my cock huge. Hey, you know, what? You know that kind of stuff. That's, that's my opening line for every act. That's, I a, cla- that's a classic Manny Chevrolet <laughs> yeah, joke, yeah, right? That's yeah, the formulation. You know, that yeah, tells you, know, you everything you need to it's know. It's like a Henny. Joke. So I take all my stuff from Rickles, Henny Youngman, Rodney, and stuff like that, and I twist them in my own way. Okay. I, I've only written maybe about 20% of my jokes. Okay. And that's what you saw at the Gong Show maybe five, six years ago was Manny... Mm-hmm being Manny Chevrolet using his material and other people's material and I, I, I'm an insult comic in sure. a way you know uh, like hey uh, you know the difference between a blowjob and a Caesar salad you don't let's do lunch you know that kind of stuff <laughs> you know that, that's the kind of stuff I used to do you know I don't I, I try to write stuff for this show yeah and that's pretty much what I do now right but I'm glad you enjoyed it I did and because it's 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 you have to be brave. Yes, well, and it was like, you know, I I would find myself like yeah, at Snake and Jake's at Miss May's at the Saint, five six in the morning. I'm the funniest person out on that picnic table, right? And it's like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, you know? Like, can you do it in front of people who don't want to listen to you, who are judging the thing you? Is they don't have a picnic table. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lawn chair. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have a backyard when I was coming here. It's a bus stop. Right, exactly. <laughs> at the Greyhound station. Yeah. But it was like, you know, it, it was really taking, like, what you think, how you think you're funny and having to really... Uh, you know, turn it into something that that you can't hide behind. Right. That that you're exposing, you're you're putting yourself out there for people to 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 gauge how you know how, how they think you are, and it's the worst feeling sometimes. And musical comedy is kind of I found a little bit of a cheat because there's 
there's something about music that I think really hits people in a transcending way where it's like they don't they don't even know why they're bopping along to it they just are so if you use I found that if I use that as my vehicle to get the jokes in then people are kind of at ease you know the cadence kind of works for sure, you. Sure, sure, especially uh, in New Orleans. Yeah. Yes, and and I'm just surprised. I mean, I was so shocked that like the judges, you know, Sam Price and Big Sam, and all, and they're just like musical comedy, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> how is this not already such a huge thing here? It's it's so smart, right? And yeah. and so now, like, if anyone is listening that wants to collab. Like, I want to get some actually good New Orleans musicians to do musical comedy in a way where if you come to New Orleans and you go to see the comedy, the brand of New Orleans comedy is unique because it uses the musicians that are here. Like, why isn't, like, a great, like, David Torkinowski playing piano during an improv show and providing that background music and like why doesn't why don't we have full bands backing stand-up comics like it's it's right there it's just we haven't like crossed over because comedy feels like a brand new thing here well i was gonna get to that so new orleans it's a huge music town in a way certain kinds of music mm-hmm. new orleans music mm-hmm. uh things that 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 mesh with New Orleans music. Not a huge comedy town right. traditionally. Uh, you know, there's there's comics from here like uh, Mark Norman, for instance, and he he, you know, who's he grew, hilarious, grew, who's hilarious, and and joke joke joke. Grew up in Treme. He'd be the first person to say it's not a comedy town. Right. Never really has been. Um, you know, and I and by the same token, there's bands that I know who play every other market this size they skip new orleans because they won't draw anybody here because it's new orleans is so uh new orleans centric it's so insular in a kind of way and and i think that that stand-up comedy hasn't really pierced the 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 veil of in the new orleans culture you know the but but now you have this uh new orleans comedy house that that came up during uh like the end of COVID and you're very involved in that. And I guess you guys are bringing, uh, traveling comics here. I mean, I, I know a lot of club comics that play other towns also don't play new Orleans now. Maybe it's, uh, you know, it's, it's still, a an ascending market or something. Yeah. I mean, the thing with the comedy house is that they were intending to open. They told us on March 8th, 20, 20 that they were opening they were the same people who did the improv school they were going to do a a stand-up club and then COVID hit so everything was kind of put on pause and then when you know uh, June 2021 like they opened right on Fulton Street and everyone thought like okay like here we go and then it was like well then we have the mask mandates and then we have this and that and it was like it was just like it stuttered along it stuttered along it's still to the point like people still don't really know about it yeah. and, and then sometimes I'm up there and people are in the crowd and I can't help but think and sometimes I say I'm like you know like there's music like right over there that's yeah. like really good like you're seeing you know okay comedy and you're missing like really good music so it's I don't know it's a strange place it's a strange middle place there's also the Howlin' Wolf and there's another company Life 
laugh comedy and they're able to bring in like they brought Maria Bamford last year and they have like they're getting the bigger name comics to come through and well, play you know the Holland comics. You know who gets young comics to come is uh, uh, Tulane University. Okay. They're the ones who get these young comics as I work at that campus and at least once a month there is a touring uh, comedian who is either well known or not that well known huh. yeah. okay. at McAllister. Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I I think the campus gets that. I mean, in fact, uh the last person who played was um what's that guy from SNL? Luke Null. Yeah. 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 I love him. I've done a couple shows with him. Yeah. Love he him. He played at McAllister and I think he sold out. I mean, yeah. it's all right. He's been paid. Uh, the kids just get see the show for free. They yeah. just show their ID. Right, they right, walk right. In. Well, you and know. that's that's the thing about it's like how do you how do you pay good comics when you're still building the scene and and you're still trying to get people to to want to see comedy and it, it's it's like I, I feel like we're still really I think in some ways though New Orleans hill. is kind of like a a, 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 a a casino town as it, when it comes to comedians because you can get Seinfeld and Chappelle downhill and they'll sell out the Sanger yeah. or Harris and stuff yeah. like that but you can't get the young up-and-comers down here playing the local circuit. Yeah, the club comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, can't yeah. get them down here because they do I the think, same thing. I think it's because New Orleans is considered, I, I guess, you know, music and a casino town for some reason. I, I don't Just know. Just that people aren't going to show up for yeah. you. you know? That's, there's too uh, many options, really, is the yeah. thing. It's, it's a and there's the crack. The crack yeah, the always crack. comes crack. down right. to it. You know? yeah. And yeah. Unfortunately, you know, people are kind of scared about coming down to that area the Fulton Alley and you know it's not I don't know yeah it's a little bit off the beaten track for New Orleanians we we need to get we need to get a hold of this uh, I don't know but you do other shows like the Always or something I Uh, love the Always Uh, down on uh, uh, St. Claude have the St. Claude Corridor there and I'm actually for the first time playing the Joy Theater oh nice the Joy Theater so there's a week-long comedy festival called Hell Yes Fest. This is its 10th year. It'll be all over the city starting November 13th through the 20th. So the opening night is Joy Theater. It's a Monday. I've got the 10, you know, 10 of the best comics in the city. Uh, I'm the token white girl okay. on the show. You got to have one sure. in every show. It's good that so it's you. It's good that it's Who me. Who are the other comedians on that bill? Okay, T. Ray Bergeron. Okay. Very funny. Shep Kelly, very funny. Troy Duchesne, very funny. Ryan Rogers, very funny. Riga Ruby, she's amazing. And Ashley Zerner, and maybe a couple more. Okay. But it's at the Joy on that Monday. And then every night that week are shows. And then Saturday, I'm headlining the Saturday night 9 o'clock show. And it's going to be a musical variety show. I'm going to have my sister in it. I'm going to have you know surprise guests. So that's a big week of comedy in New Orleans. So it's out-of-town comics coming in, plus local comics. And that's going to be a great week. And that starts November November thirteenth. November thirteenth. The and then the the final gig you're saying is at the Saturn. That's the sa- it's it's at 
Comedy House New Orleans on the Saturday. Oh, Comedy House Saturday, New Orleans. Saturday. Yeah, Saturday yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. the 18th. Okay, let me ask you something really quickly because yeah. we're getting close to uh, checking out. I don't want to finish, guys. Uh, no, no. This is so right, nice. So I know, I know. You love comedy. You know, we've had some comedians. We've had some over the years on this show. Uh, like, uh, uh, who, who did you watch? I mean, who inspired you? Because you, you just don't sit there and go, oh, I'm going to uh, do this. But there had to be someone out there like Joan Rivers or maybe uh, Roseanne Barr or uh, Scatman Crothers <laughs> or Red Fox, Ooh. you know, uh, okay. George Carlin. You know, uh, did you listen? These are to your favorites. No, no, they're not no, my favorites No, he's asking you who well, your favorite, yeah, who, yeah. who these well, people would be for you. I think... I was first struck by Gilda Radner. Yeah, okay, okay. sure, Gilda. Everybody yeah. loves Gilda. I love Gilda. Yeah. Uh, the, it was really the SNL of Molly Shannon, of course, Kristen Wiig. Yes. It was it was that whole era of the Will Ferrell, the SNL days. Uh, I just loved. I loved Chris Farley so much, mm-hmm. and. I didn't even know improv was a thing. I thought all of it was sketch. And then when I found that you can actually make some incredible sketches without pre-writing it and it just kind of comes to you, that was a breakthrough for me. My teacher, Tammy Nelson, is the funniest human being I've ever known. She's incredible. She's been doing improv for 20 years. If you ever see her, you need to check out her. Like, she's amazing. And then, you know, when I started watching stand-up, of course it was these women. I mean, it was... Amy Schumer back in the day yeah. was really love eye-opening Schumer, for me. Yeah. I would love Nikki Glaser. And yeah. I, and then it got to a point... I mean, I love Jerry Seinfeld so much. I saw Dave Chappelle a couple weeks ago. I saw Chris Rock. But I, but I really don't... I actively try not to watch any stand-up comedy Netflix specials. People send them to me or they'll say, oh, you remind me of so-and-so or you got to check out so-and-so. I cannot because I'm so afraid that either someone's going to tell a joke that I've started and never finished Uh and now I don't get to do it or someone's going to or I'm going to find out that I am doing something. You know, there's so much crossover. Somehow. Right, yes. Right, right, and right. also this weird thing happens when I'm writing. If I'm not concentrating, I will start writing with another comic's voice uh-huh. in my head. And it's not me. <laughs> and right. I'm like, this is not something I would ever say. Who right. am I channeling yeah. right now? Yeah. Um, but I think it's about finding your authenticity. I kind of like to play this aloof, like... A privileged girl who just wants everything to work out and be perfect, but she's so naive and 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 dumb, but like in a smart way. Some blind spots. Yes, yeah, yeah. and it's so hard. Uh, like it's hard to be a woman on stage because it's really hard to get the audience to like you. And I care so much about them liking me. It's like, if it's people on a date, you don't want to look too attractive and have the girl not like you because she's worried that her date is looking at you a certain way. And if it's a bunch of guys, you know, they're going to sit with their arms crossed because they don't think women can be funny. And you got to find the right ways to, to get, everyone to believe that you're harmless it's a fascinating puzzle that you have to all the time (laughs) all the time and the worst is when you're just out there and it's a bunch of tourists and they don't know what's funny and they don't know new orleans and they don't know you and they're mad that they just spent 80 (laughs) dollars on tickets and drinks and they're 
you know, they don't know about themselves yet, you know, and you're just trying to put them at ease. Like, it's okay, we can laugh. That's why I love this insult comedy because I feel like it just levels everybody. It's like everyone is, no one's off limits. And I think people find that to be really charming and and fun. But yeah. but I don't I can't say the same things that you can say. I know, but I I, I in fact just about a year ago we uh, had a uh, 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 Matt Techu was on the show, right? And he was in the band that I used to do this comedy show with, and I looked at a YouTube one of our old shows, and there's no way I was telling Matt this. And Renee, there's, there's no way I could tell those jokes today. Yeah. Yes. There's absolutely no way. <laughs> they'd, they'd have you, yeah, they'd have burn you on a There's absolutely no yeah. way I could tell spit. these jokes today. Yeah, yeah. But Matt uh, consoled me a bit by saying, well, you know, it, it's okay. You know, but yeah, it, it's a different time. I'm 60 years old now, and so I can just go the path where... I really don't give a fuck because yeah. I'm not getting paid anymore to do these jokes. Right. You know, I'm not getting paid. So I'll say what I want to say. You like it, you don't like them, whatever. I don't care. It's like, I want to play this. I want to find the sweet spot where I can say something like, I believe that black lives matter so much that I started self-tanning. <laughs> you know? But how do you say that? And... <laughs> people know like she's kidding right or she, she gets it right but, well that's the thing but how do if you're at a comedy show and someone's telling jokes how do they not understand these are jokes people yeah. they don't <laughs> well that's it that's well, the problem and plus these we got this is the problem it's the problem you can't say something <laughs> without you know going through some kind of filter people love to be triggered and yeah. that's the whole thing is People are wanting to be triggered. Basically, anytime when you say a joke like that, and they go, "Oh," <laughs> you say, "Hey, come on! This is not Dylan goes electric, right? You know, this is what you say. <laughs> this is what you say. That's basically Judas. it." Judas. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You, you, you just got, you know, give me a break. You know, that's all you gotta say. I mean, that's why. That's why I loved. I loved seeing Dave Chappelle. I, I had stayed away from all of the controversy and I hadn't watched any of his recent specials. And then we saw him at the Smoothie King and my goodness, like no, no one's off limits for him. And it, it was, it was incredible how really far he pushed those boundaries without caring. And, and then it, and then the aftermath of that, of course, is like anger, anger, anger of people like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. And I'm like, but guys, this is what we're trying to do here. Right. We exactly. are trying. Let me ask you a question. Uh, this was just about a week ago, right? It was. It yeah. Was so what was the audience? Was 50-50? Uh, was it 80-20? 80-20 what? Men and women? Black, white? Black, white. Oh, okay. Men and women. Asian and crack addicts. <laughs> Well, the tickets were very expensive. Well, I'm sure so, they were, yeah. Uh, hard to say. I, a lot of comics that I know were there of all different race and age and, and whatever. Well, comics were there because they yeah. want to see him. But I'm just talking about the general public. It seemed to be a, an even mix, truly. Okay. It truly nice. did. Nice. And, and, you know, he really was like, he's like, okay, you know, I'm not going to go after the trans people. <laughs> I'm going after handicapped people. <laughs> and it was all handicapped jokes. And it was like, wow. 
love it. I love it. You know, and he's I'm such like, a craftsman, man. I he can know. he can take the most ridiculous, the most offensive uh, uh, premise and and work his way back out. You know, yeah, yeah. And it, but it's like he's laughing at how stupid this whole idea of writing jokes. And he's he's got jokes about his wife who's Asian. Uh-huh. And he's got a joke about how he w- he's trying to go through her phone to see if she's cheating on him, <laughs> but it's but it's Face ID, so uh-huh. he has to make the slanted <laughs> eyes, <laughs> right? And you think that that's like how you right? So then she goes into his phone and like presses her nose down and her <laughs> lip up, <laughs> and it's like, look, I'm like my boyfriend's a comic, like we. We have to be able to make fun of each other like this, and I yeah. and I I really feel like that's that's the sweet spot for me is like there are no there's no lines in the sand. Just fucking go for it. Yeah, just go exactly. for it. Well, particularly if it's if it's coming from a place where you know you have a warm heart. You know, this is all this is these are all jokes, people. You know, there's no hate for anybody here. And he had yeah. to say that. So much. Oh, this was a joke. These well, are all jokes. It should be understood. But it yeah, should be understood. It should be, but it's not in right, this today's right. times. But his fans understand it, yes. just like yeah, Louis right. C.K.'s fans understand it, and Don Rickles' fans understood it. I'm such all a big Louis C.K. fan, and I yeah, know I probably yeah, shouldn't be because yeah. of whatever, but I also think this. There was a time when I was starting stand-up, and I was finding myself in precarious situations that I normally wouldn't be in because in the back of my mind, I'm thinking this is going to make for good material. So when I found that out about him and what he was doing, I mean, it's like, if you ever saw his show, Louie is like, he's so much like that character. And the thought of him like jerking off into a plant, like, it didn't shock me at all. It's like sure. of co- it's probably hilarious <laughs> to him. Yeah. And this it's like what is real life? Like where is it inappropriate if you're you're living a life where everything is funny? I don't know. I I, I he gets a pass. He gets okay. a pass from uh, me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I jerked off in front of a piñata once. <laughs> so uh, what, yeah. what 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 was it shaped like? It was a donkey. Okay. Was it the donkey that turned you It was a Corona you donkey. Yeah. Where is the weirdest place you've jerked off? Oh, God. Let's see. I would have to think at a place of employment back in the late 80s. I'm not going to tell you where it was, the employment, but it was, it was in an office. Um, and there was, I, it was like the third floor and... The Out win- the window? Yeah, Come the windows on. were open. The windows were, no, the windows, the the blinds were open, but, um, you know, so people could see you me. You love that voyeuristic feeling, people. Uh, I don't know. I just think I was really horny that night, and I had to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I was there. I was, God, I was in my late 20s or something, you know, and then I went home uh, to the wife and kids. Okay. And uh, they <laughs> said, how was your day, honey? <laughs> so you bad. are married. I'm married, yes. And your wife loves you. Oh, yes. Okay. I've been in love with the same woman now for 20 years. Wow. If my wife finds out, she'll kill me, <laughs> you know. Uh, anyway. And yeah. you're married too, Renee? I am. I love that. Yes, been married forever. I love that. Yeah. So you're troubled men, but... You're not that troubled. We could be worse. It could be yes. worse for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, 
Man, as you said, uh, JQ, we could talk forever about this. Uh, I know. Because uh, it feels like a real uh, meeting of the minds here. Truly. But, uh, but uh, the clock's saying that uh, this is a podcast, man. <laughs> yeah. So we've got to take a picture and then yeah, we've got to go and sure. stuff like that. This is really uh, nice. You've, you've been a, yeah, you've been a real treat. So everybody okay. follow uh, JQ Palms on social media. You're yep. on Instagram. Yep. You're on uh, Facebook. Uh, yep. uh, come see you at the, the, the Hell Yes Festival. Yes. Hell Yes Fest, Joy Theater, November 13th. Any other plugs? And I've got, a, I did a special a year ago. I did a musical comedy hour-long special, and I was terrified to watch it because I was sure it was shit. And then I finally watched it, and it's fucking great. So I'm going nice. to finally All right. publish All right. that. Before we, before we sign off, give me your best joke. Okay, this one's for you. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think I did this one at the Gong Show. All right, we'll do it. So I say, this is my opener because you did yours. Yeah. Uh, my name is JQ Palms. It's a nickname. Uh, I can't go by Jackie. Jackie Palms, Jackie Palms. You say that enough times, people think you're the hand job girl. <laughs> and I'm not the hand job girl. I don't want to give you a hand job. And it's a shame because I'm actually really good at them. Oh. And that's because I do them with my mouth. So oh. there you go. I wrote that. I wrote that one for my mom. Oh. Her favorite joke. I love it. I love that's so it. Dumb. That's great. That's yeah. as dirty as mine get. I don't. The rest of my jokes are pretty clean, in a oh, okay. way. So well, ready you for know. the corporate world and, yeah. and, and the college circuit. All yeah. Right. Nice, if anyone's nice, listening nice. that needs an MC for an event, someone to lighten the mood. Please call me. I really would love to do that because, you know, right now taking care of these kids is really nice. But um, the and other. You'll work for crack, right? I'll work for crack. Yeah, there you go. I'll work for crack and then I'll sell it to Jason Williams' mom. There you go. So. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Bring it all back around, people. Right. Well, uh, thank you, JQ, so much. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, yeah. As always on the Troubled Men podcast, we like to say trouble never ends. But the struggle continues. Good night. Continues. Good night. Good night. I feel like someone just took a deep sigh. Like, they're really nervous for me. I get it. I so get it. I'm nervous for me, too. Flowers are nice and parts are sweet. Chocolates can be a tasty treat. Laundry, hey, I guess I'll try it. Soon as I get on that keto diet. There's one thing you can do for me. Best thing about it is that it's free. It would help my insecurities and really shouldn't that be your priority oh baby all i need is for you to delete all the boobies off your instagram feed i don't know how you could possibly want to look at boobies that aren't attached to me it's my birthday so what do you say starting tomorrow those accounts you'll unfollow she doesn't love you no way to describe her she doesn't love you you're just a subscriber yeah oh yeah yeah. <laughs>
Okay, so maybe you like to see the different kinds, boobs of every color, shape, and sizes. But with mine, there are no surprises. Nothing to figure, you know which one is bigger. Hers are perky, and I don't mean to pout. It's just that not every pair of nipples stick out. There was a contest for nips that are hidden. Well, baby, you know that these innies would win it. She looks cold. She looks hungry. Her tits don't look like they could do your laundry. And I hate to tell ya, I don't mean to alarm ya, but real life girls don't go around always keeping both arms up. They really don't. They have to put them down at some point. It's not that I'm jealous or envy her breasts, because women are much more than the size of their chest. Just think it's weird that you get an erection every time we have a good Wi-Fi connection. So baby, what do you say? Can you clean up, clean up the boobies on your Instagram page? No, it probably sounds like I'm nagging. I just thought you preferred yours big and sagging. I'm the real deal, and these you can feel, and you can't get true love from a photo of perfect jugs. And I know I'm crazy and a little bit bonkers, but how could you want anything but these jonkers now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm calling them jonkers now. Oh, Cause they're two of a kind and you can have them all the time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I know you're embarrassed, so I'm sorry for this song. But could you put down your phone and enjoy these jonkers now? hates that song so much. <laughs> but it worked. <laughs>